Ukraine will head into the new year with a dwindling stockpile of weapons and no guarantee of when US and European aid will arrive. The Senate gave up on negotiations last night, still at an impasse over more than $60 billion in military aid, with Republicans refusing to budge until they have secured the concessions they want on border reform. On the front lines, the Ukrainians are currently outgunned. The priority for the next few weeks, said military sources, is to preserve equipment and personnel and in some places withdraw short distances, leaving minefields in place. But there is, of course, always the risk the Russians could break through. And one of the major concerns for Ukraine right now is troop levels. Kyiv needs to mobilise an additional 100,000 men just to maintain current force strength. Mobilisation rates, we're told, are below 50% of their target and maybe as low as 15% in some regions. President Zelensky said last night without volunteers he will have to draft over half a million men. But who would volunteer without the weapons to fight? They've uh, suggested to mobilize additional 450 Southern to 500 Southern people, which is a very significant amount of people. And I told that I would need to have more arguments to support that, because this is primarily a, a question of people. It's about the justice and the fairness. It's about the defense capacity and the question of funding. As for the people, I need specifics. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, said there is no other magic pot of money for supporting Ukraine, reiterating the importance of President Biden's funding requests that he wanted approved by Congress. It is in the interests of the United States, he added. The support uh, that we have designated for, for Ukraine, that is running out. It's running down. We are nearly out of money uh, that, uh, that we need, and we're nearly out of time. It builds our own defense industrial base. So, in many ways, this, this is a win-win for us, um, and it's why I would hope um, Congress acts and acts quickly. We know who uh, will be happy if, for whatever reason, this budget request does not go through. Um, and they're sitting in Moscow, they're sitting in Beijing, they're sitting in Tehran. Well, let's get some reaction to that first from uh, the Ukrainian perspective. We can speak to the Ukrainian MP, Alexei Goncharenko, who's been in Washington lately. Uh, he's with us tonight. Thanks so much uh, for being here. Um, let's talk first of all about your, your disappointment. Negotiations ending last night. Senators off for their Christmas dinners. They're leaving you in the breach. Yeah, it was clear already, like for me, two weeks ago, that uh, before Christmas in this year, uh, the decision will not be made. And now we are waiting for January when the U.S. Congress and Senate will come back to their work. And I hope that uh, one of the first things they will start to do will be this package, because this is not just about Ukraine. This is also in the best interest of the United States of America to continue to support Ukraine in order to restore international order uh, and uh, uh, to re uh, secure and defend international law. The thing is, Alexei, um, they were meeting over the weekend and through this week to a hard deadline, which should have focused minds. Now they come back without such a deadline in the new year. How, how long can this go on until things really deteriorate quickly on the front lines? 
Uh, I'm, you know, I should be frank with you. It's already hurting the situation, definitely. Ukraine is entering new year without understanding how we will finance our budget because there is no decision from European Union still because of the veto of Mr. Orban, Hungarian Prime Minister. There is no decision about support from the United States because Ukraine uh, became a hostage of internal political struggle in the United States and the presidential, uh, presidential elections, which started very early this cycle in the United States. And also, um, we need, desperately need, military supply. You can see how Putin feels himself emboldened. He feels that he outweighed uh, the West and uh, he can uh, achieve success. That's what he feels at the moment. And we are in hard situation. And with every day of delay, the situation is getting worse. Uh, and after all huge investments to uh, Ukraine and uh, to support our country in this war, which, for which we are very thankful, after so much at stake, because Putin is not going to stop, and other tyrants throughout the whole planet are watching what will happen with Ukraine. And after all of this, just to become, again, just a hostage of internal political games, it's very hurting, it's very concerning, and uh, I should tell you, I think it's just unfair. Yeah. Because for these days of delay, we will pay by hundreds of lives of Ukrainians. Yeah, and clearly that is weighing on morale, Alexei. Um, President Zelensky wants volunteers, but who would volunteer when you're outgunned on the front lines seven to one? So it's not just about weapons, it's about getting the force up to full strength at a time when clearly Vladimir Putin has an endless appetite to feed people into the machine. You know, it's not a secret that Ukraine now is near 30 million population uh, after oh, these two years of awful war and with millions of people abroad. Russia has 150 million population, and that was from the beginning. And also, as you're absolutely right, Russia doesn't care about people, and Ukraine cares about people because we are a civilized country. So uh, definitely, we can't win by just by manpower. So to win, we need to have better weaponry because it's not just numbers. It's the most important how people are equipped, what weaponry do they have, how people are trained. And in all of this, we need support of our allies. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we had this support for two years and it, we were told that this support will long as long as it need as it takes and as long as it needs. Yeah. But did really West mean just two years? <laughs> I hope not. And just I want to remind you also that it's not just a moral obligation or just international law or just things like this. But for United States of America and for the United Kingdom, uh, there is also legal obligation because these two countries gave to Ukraine security guarantees in 1994 when Ukraine for the first time and last time in human history, voluntarily gave up its nuclear weaponry. At that time, we had the third biggest nuclear arsenal in the world. And if we would have nuclear weaponry, we would never be attacked. Mm -hmm. And now we are attacked and we are losing our people in thousands. And uh, mm -hmm. we need support, yeah. first of all, from the countries Let's which were guarantees of, these, uh, of our security.